I'm Morgan Dennis, and this is Storied. I felt like I should clarify something from the last episode on fatherhood and parenting. I'd mentioned that the father who had me, my biological father, didn't raise me. And I'd mentioned also that I wasn't sure the whole context between my mother and him and what happened in terms of the relationship. And and while that's true, there's obviously more to the story. So they were very young. My mother, when they met, was probably 18. And he, Sam is his name, was a few years older. And they were working at a theater. Uh, I think he was the manager and she sold popcorn and, and went with a flashlight through the theater. And anyway, they met and got married and, and had me. My mother was 19 when she had me, so super young. And they lasted, I'm not sure, a year after I was born and split up. So I don't know really the dynamics of the relationship at all, but uh, I do know that they they split up in part because my biological father, Sam, ended up having an affair with somebody else. And so he ended up leaving and and really ended up staying with, with that woman for, for his life, became his life partner. And it was decided at the time when they split up that he would actually have no relationship with me, no sort of involvement in my life. And I guess how it went is, is my mother gave him a kind of ultimatum that, you know, you have to decide if you're in this or not in this. And it was ultimately decided that he that he wasn't going to be in, in, in my life. And from what I gather, he actually, when I was maybe five, six in that range, he reached out to to my parents, so my mother and and John, the the father who raised me, and and asked, you know, can I can I be involved? And he was interested in that, and and they apparently said no. Um, we'd like to keep things as they are. So so you know that sort of um, started the course for me not having a relationship with him at all. And it's interesting because I've been told that when I was younger, when I was four or five, I, I called my dad, who raised me, John, by his name. And I don't call him John anymore. I don't remember ever a time calling him John. But my sense was that even at that young age, I was doing that as even though he was raising me, you know, as a father, I, I was referring to him as that, you know, as a way of, of not totally processing or, or, or being aware of the fact that he wasn't my biological father. And apparently, actually, I was I was concerned. I had concerns around that time when I was quite young. You know, did did Sam leave because of me? Was there anything because of me? I think it's obviously a common thing for kids to wonder about. Uh, and again, I don't remember any of that at all. Um, and being worried about that, thinking like I might have something to do with it. And certainly, as I've gotten older. I don't feel like that at all. I mean, I was a baby, and at the time, maybe I was a really terrible baby, but but no, I, I my parents had their differences. He met somebody else, and at the end of it, also, I think most importantly, like I said, they were both super young, and I can't even really imagine people that young being faced with these kinds of decisions, being in a life, being married, having a child, uh, having a new interest, having all sorts of whatever baggage that you've accumulated in the short time with with the partner that you've you've had a child with, all of that swirling around. So, you know, it's not that 
extraordinary to me that he made the decision not not to be involved with my mother, not to be involved in my, with my life. But it also makes sense to me that he changed his mind later. And I think that it's actually uh, unfortunate in a way that my parents, you know, didn't um, didn't try to do that. I think that they were probably trying to protect me from something, and that's fine as well. I understand that, but uh, but it's but by today's standards, I, I think it's it would be trickier for that to happen. And I've never met Sam, and I wonder, you know, I wonder how much um, I've played on his mind, how much he's wondered about me, my birthday that goes by, um, if that affects him at all. And this relates, I guess, to a complicated element of this. Now, my wife obviously knows this whole story. And she's done this less and less through our relationship. But in the beginning, she really wanted me to reach out to him. She really wanted me to have some involvement. I've had a very troubled kind of relationship with family. I've had my family on my mom's side, which is my you know, primary family. There's been a lot of estrangement there. There's been a lot of complications. And I think my wife thought, you know, here's an opportunity for you to have a relationship and maybe kind of, you know, to, to have an involvement with somebody who, you know, is significant in your life. And maybe he would be welcome to this. And I've done a lot of thinking about this. And it, I, it's just, I have never had the interest uh, I'm able to, on the one hand, think about Sam, feel compassion for him, as I've said, and hope the really the best for him. But I don't have that interest. I don't have that burning interest to to have a relationship, but also to really know him, I guess, and to really have him know me. And I've chalked it up to the fact that because I have family members that I'm very close to, my cousins on my mother's side, so my aunt's children, um, they're all 12 years younger than me and, and around there. So they're, they're, I'm very close to them. And they were pulled into some estrangements between my aunt and my mom and my grandparents. And, and so I've really always lobbied to, to be close to them and, and I really care about them. And I'm really invested in them. And I think that I have that capacity. I know that. But whenever I think about uh, seeking out family and being involved in family, you know, I think about them. And it's always interested me, Ancestry.com, as it's, you know, come into popularity and and things like that. Um, Looking into your past and potentially finding people, uh, finding uh, family members who are who, who you don't know about. And and then suddenly having these relationships, um, it's always struck me as uh, something that's just so unappealing. And I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like apart from even just inviting the baggage from all of that, there's only so many relationships that we have in our lives. And it feels like so much kind of work <laughs> to do that. And And I think that's fine if ultimately you really have this burning sense, and especially I think when it's family and you know the, these people are related to you. And so sure, get to know them and get to know more about yourself, I think in the process, all of that makes sense to me. But in practice, it's never been something that's appealing. And in fact, I think it has to do with the fact that I've never really, I've never had Facebook. I've had much of a social media presence. And I think it's because I haven't wanted to be... Um, I don't know, I haven't wanted to be out there in a way and investigated and, and known and, and have that part of my 
um, my being and my private life kind of pried into. I know that's at odds with this podcast, but uh, but from just a, a general sense of, of I, I watch my wife with Facebook and the kind of relationships that she sustains there from her past, it's just never totally appealed to me. And really, this all goes much deeper than Sam, because the woman that he left my mother for, I said he ended up with her, they went on to have kids. So I have three half-siblings out there. And there's a story to that. So when I was 18... I got a call from Sarah, who's my oldest half-sister, and she had a story about finding out about me. Now, that story went that apparently, I guess Sam and his wife made the decision to never tell their kids about my existence. Um, I can understand that. I, I mean, some people might not, but it would... If you don't, if he didn't have that relationship, it might be hard to articulate that and hard for the children to understand that. And maybe there are times when he wanted to tell them and it was just too late or or whatever. But the way Sarah told it, she got a hold of me when she was 16 and she was staying in Vancouver in the summer with her uncle. And I guess her uncle maybe was drinking one night and he let it slip that her dad had a son and she was up there and she was really surprised about that and she went home after the summer and I think she'd been working at the PE, which is a, a kind of a fairground and uh, that, that happens in Vancouver every summer and she was working there and she went and told Sam, her dad, uh, that she had been talking to somebody and gotten to know him a little bit and oh it turned out that we have the same father. So it's obviously yarn that she told him, but he was taken aback. And it was in that way that she revealed to him that that she knew about me. So I think actually when she originally called my house when I was 18, she talked to my mom and um, I I think I was out and I came home to this message. And so my mom talked to me about it. And obviously I knew about the fact of, uh, that there were these half siblings out there and and I'd grown up an only child and, and I never at all, just in the same way that I was not interested in meeting my father, Sam, I wasn't really interested in having, you know, the sibling relationship. I should also step back, I guess, and say that part of why I was always sort of adamant about not wanting to have a relationship with Sam was because of the fact that you know, I, I felt, I felt like it would be going against John, my my dad, who raised me, and um, I didn't want him to feel self conscious. I mean, in one way, it was like that, but it was also. I think if I'd wanted to meet Sam, I would have met him, and I and I would have you know had to have that conversation with my dad. But I think there was an element of it there, and how much that perpetuated the whole thing, I don't know. So anyway, I ended up having a talk with Sarah on the phone. She was interested to meet me. I, I happened to be going over to Vancouver for some reason um, and uh, shortly thereafter. And so I ended up driving over there and arranging to meet her. And I think they lived in Abbotsford. Anyway, I went to her house and I knew at the time 
that Sam wasn't going to be there. I think I had that confirmed because I, while I was willing to meet her, uh, I wasn't ready and ex- established that to her that I wasn't, I wasn't interested in, in meeting Sam and I was going to meet her and, and we we're going to go out for dinner. So, so I drove to their house and I met Sarah and her two siblings and younger siblings. She was Sarah's the oldest. And, and I also met the woman who was the mother who, who would, would have been the woman that, that my, my father, Sam left my mother for, and I met them in their house and it was the evening and it was a nice meeting. It was a little awkward, but I took Sarah for dinner and we talked and it was fine. And I drove her back and it was arranged. She was interested, I could tell, in in having a relationship with me. And I was kind of cautious about it and, and willing to willing to entertain that. And uh, shortly after that, it was arranged that she was going to come to Victoria and stay with us for a few nights. And she did. And she met my girlfriend at the time, Karen, and I forget what we did, but we spent time together and she ended up going back to Vancouver. And what I do remember throughout that time is that she did reference Sam a lot to me and it was very, it became very clear to me that she had a certain vision, I think, about me being folded into their family in a way, not to take me away from my own family, but she really seemed to have a narrative about me as an older brother. You know, here's somebody who didn't know about me. And suddenly she knew about me and I was this older brother figure to her and she didn't have an older brother. And it's interesting because maybe that was part of the very vast difference between my mindset and hers. Because I just wasn't, as I've said, interested, but because I knew maybe about them all the time and I grew up with their reality and Sam's reality as an absence in my life. And, and I just grew accustomed to that and I was fine with that. But for her, I think it was something else. And, I, and it really was about this narrative, I think, as an older brother. And I, I was just, you know, I had to reiterate to her that I wasn't, I wasn't interested in, in meeting him still. I think that I used this notion about not wanting to um, sort of go against my dad, John, make him feel uncomfortable. But I, I think I was using that in a way to really say, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not interested. And there was one time after you know, she went back home and I remember I got home one day and my dad had taken a message from her and I got home late and my dad had left a note. John had left a note um, by my door and said, Sarah called um, something about you meeting Sam in Victoria, question mark. Um, and I guess call her back. And I really kind of lost it because I, I knew that um, Sam came over to Victoria often. He was a marathon runner. And it's interesting, actually, because there are a lot of similarities with Sam to me that, that I've heard about later. I mean, I, I knew that he was interested in athletics. He ran marathons. I've had quite an athletic past with mountain bike racing. And uh, I understand that he wrote poetry and was interested in writing and reading and and obviously I I am as well, but uh, but I knew this piece about him writing marathons, and there was a question of him coming to Victoria. Sarah had mentioned this, but the fact that she had called our house and mentioned this thing about about me potentially meeting Sam uh, in Victoria, it, it felt a bit devious actually, and it felt like it felt like her sort of playing a card that she knew would maybe cause some 
some trouble, at least from this perspective that I was giving her about not wanting to meet Sam because of, of my dad. So I had a talk with her on the phone and I remember being quite angry with her and I was just like, you know what, this isn't working. <laughs> and I left it at that because I had made it clear so much before that I, what I guess I was comfortable with and she continually was pushing that. I just thought this wasn't working for me. So I think that was about it for many, many years. And I did receive an email. I think it was when I was starting to work at Sheridan from Sarah. And I, I don't I don't think I responded to that email at the time. It was reaching out. It was seeing how I was doing. It was close enough, I guess, to what had happened before, but also far enough away. I, I just wasn't going to respond to it. And, and then several years went by and my ex-girlfriend, Maya, who I'd mentioned, I think in the second podcast, connected with me and said, hey, I, I got a message from from Sarah, your sister, and Maya knew about this whole story too. But I guess Sarah had found mention of Maya in my master's thesis at Guelph because I'd acknowledged Maya. Anyway, she'd obviously done some digging to find Maya. And and I felt, okay, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna reach out to her, to Sarah, and, and say, hey, I, I, I know you're trying to reach me. And, and so Sarah and I at that point started another dialogue, I guess, through email. And it went back and forth. Uh, she, by that point, had had three children, and they were older. And and I had actually just had Max. And so we were at different points of our lives, but we could share things about, about our children. And again, there was that, the sense of her wanting me to be a part of the family. And I felt that in these correspondence that we were having, that I was, I just felt that I couldn't really match where she was. I couldn't, I knew that I wasn't, you know, interested again in, in kind of going there with with her, with with Sam. And we hadn't, I don't think, talked on the phone at all this time. It was just email. And I and I had said to her, you know, we'd returned to this thing about the 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 phone calls she'd left years and years before. And I had kind of laid out again, I guess, my comfort level with everything. And I'd said, you know, at that point I was comfortable doing email and and keeping touch with where we were in our lives. But as this went on, it became just harder for me to sustain. And I felt this awkwardness as I was doing it. So ultimately, I just had to email her back. And I said, look, this isn't working for me. And this is why. And, you know, you're a really wonderful person. I've enjoyed these conversations with you. But I think it's because I didn't grow up with all of this. And it's never been something I'm comfortable with. And I, I just can't, I can't go forward with, with, with this relationship. And I mentioned Sam and I mentioned everything I could about him. And, and as I mentioned in the, in the beginning of this episode, I, I, I spelled out the fact that I didn't hold anything against him and that I only felt compassion for him and, and that I hoped the best for him, but, but that I wasn't, you know, interested in, in, in moving anything forward with him either. She's reached out a few times since. There was a big shooting in Toronto some years ago, and she asked, are you okay? You know, I really feel for her, and I feel bad myself for not engaging with her. Not for not giving her what she wants, because I'm a player here as well, but it's really made me routinely question 
why I'm not more interested and why I'm not interested in having a relationship with Sam. And I've just had to reflect a lot on that. And I've had to find my own peace with it, really, and and feel, am I okay? (laughs) Am I... Am I a sociopath? Is there something wrong with me that I don't want these relationships? But I have thought about it a lot. And the idea about finding a connection, finding somebody from your past. And and while that might look really interesting on paper, and while the impetus for doing that might be to really ultimately find out more about ourselves, I can't help but think in reality, it's it's just much more complicated than that. It's obviously more complicated once you get into the specifics of a relationship, once you really start drilling down. But I never got that far with Sarah. I never got below the surface level. And I think that's in part why it really never took off, because I never got that close to her. And I guess that I was a bit perhaps put off by how quickly she was able to get there really not knowing much about me. And I think over and over again, it just reminded me that it was more about her than me. I was serving a kind of role. I was was satisfying this narrative. Well, I wasn't satisfying it, but I was part of a narrative for her. And I just wasn't able to, to really live up to it. But who knows, maybe if I'd gone further in that relationship, and maybe if I had met Sam, maybe there would be more potential there. And and that is something that I have to live with and I have to be okay with. And I am okay with it. But But who knows, it's possible. And maybe part of it is that I'm in some ways concerned about having that level of depth. Maybe, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it, but maybe there's a part of me that, that is just concerned about having having that, that closeness. To me right now, it feels like I just don't want the added complication. I don't want these extra people in my life that I, that I don't have this affiliation beyond a blood tie. And it, it doesn't feel like enough to have this blood tie with them at all. I wish there was an easier way for listeners to comment directly in podcast episodes because I'd really like to know if there's anybody else who's had a similar kind of experience to what I'm describing. You know of a family member that you could contact but you're not, or maybe a family member has contacted you and you're not sure about it. Maybe you found somebody through Ancestry.com and now you're in a relationship that's not really working out, or, or maybe everything has worked out. I mean, it feels so soap opera-ish to find a lost brother or somebody you didn't know about. Anyway, I'd love to hear about it. You could email me at thestoriedpodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. And as always, feel free to reach out to me with any other questions. Thanks for listening and I hope you have a great week.
Thank you.